Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf membeis. Today's shiur is Le'ilu Nishmas, Sarah Rivka Bashmul, and Shloima Ben Yehuda. May the Neshamas have an aliyah, may the memory be a blessing. Um, we're going to go from the first line of Membeis Amud Aleph, 42a. So the Gemara says, um, we bring in a quote from what we mentioned, Mar. Uh, from what we mentioned earlier, so Omar, all of them. Who's all of them? So remember, those are the people who have to shave with the razor. The Levim, when they were inaugurated, the Nazir and the Mitzvah, all of them. If they shave without a razor, or they leave two two hairs behind, they haven't done anything. We see from here the concept of Ruba Kakula is the Oraisa. What's Ruba Kakula? That, um, that if you have a majority, it says if you've had all of it or done all of it. I'll give you an example where it comes up is Bashchita. You know, Bashchita of an animal, you have to shecht, um, slice through a majority of the trachea and the esophagus. So, you don't have to go through the actual whole track and esophagus. As soon as you've done a majority, it's as if you've gone through the whole thing. Now, so how do we see from here that it's Doraisa? Because it has to specify that if you don't do every single last hair, or up until the second last, and up until the very last hair, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. I, I might have thought... If you shave a majority of his head, on the Mitzori, you shave a majority of his body, or majority of the hair on his body, you have fulfilled the obligation. Ruba Kakula, it says, if you've done all of it. No, so it comes along, the, and that's why the Mishnah has to emphasize, no, you're right, generally you can rely on Ruba Kakula, but here you actually have to do all of it. So that's how we see it. it must be Doraisa again. And also, oh, why Doraisa? Maybe it's just a rabbinic requirement because there we were discussing lashes and lashes are only if you transgress Doraisa. Um, interesting enough, we'll see this point of two hairs. Two hairs is the minimum shield, the minimum measurement that's considered a shaving or the minimum amount that's considered left over. That's the two hairs. I'm not sure. I imagine it's Halach Lomot Misin. I'm not sure where they get two hairs from. Um, now, Mimai... Two hairs. Yeah, interestingly. Yeah. yeah, it's for the age of a bar of bandits and stuff. Yeah, very interesting. I wonder what I wonder what the connection is. Mimai, um, where do we get this? As I explained, because the Torah reveals by the Nazir, on the seventh day you must shave him. Now that's only half the picture. If you read the full passage, it says, I'm just reading the Pasuk inside. It says, when the Nazir comes in contact with the mace and his hair becomes Tomei, he has to shave his hair on the day that he purifies. So this is a Nazir Tomei who on the seventh day has to shave him his head completely to restart. And then it says again, it repeats, on the seventh day you shall shave it. Why is it emphasizing on the seventh day you shall shave it? You just told me that when he's becoming Tahar, he has to shave. 
She says, yeah, huh? um, that's to tell us that he has to shave completely. Now, why? It says, here you have to have all, a full shaving. But in general, you can apply the principle of of if you've done a majority, it says if you've done all of it. So that's very interesting. That's what we've just proven. Again, in general, you would have thought, and it would have been a valid thought, because that's the how we would apply the halach in most scenarios in the Torah. As soon as you've done a majority, it's as if you've done all of it. And therefore, by the nausea it's fair so far as it repeats itself. You have to shave, you have to shave, to tell us that it has to remove every last hair. This might get floor... I'll come back to the discussion of Rubik Kukula. Let's just finish the point of discussion. Matkif Law. Oh, actually, let's mention here. So interesting, the, the Taz points out on the language of... We say on Rosh Hashanah, Meloich... Meloich al-Kola Olam Kula Hashem should rule over the whole world with His glory. So I think that's a message specific to Rosh Hashanah. Remember one of the yeah. ideals around the Yomim Noraim is that Hashem is our king and He's the king over the whole world. We don't want even say, not, we don't even want anyone to enter the mind. Oh, generally when you say all, you mean a majority of. I mean, the Torah tells you, Shechta, you Shechta Trachia and Asafagas, it means Shechta majority of the Trachia and Asafagas. Or, um, you know, something like that. So, so we don't want you to think that. We don't want you to think we're saying Hashem is king. Over the, over the world, we mean he's king over most of the world, but there are a few strong, uh, there are a few strong powers that are in common. No. He rules over the whole world up to, over every last force and power. Um, another important question to ask here, and this is a little bit more tricky, what's the difference between the famous thing we see often, Holach Basaruva, Holchen Acharov, you follow the majority, or Ruba Kakula. So, um, like we're saying, yeah, the majority is like all of it. So actually, Holchen Acharov is not as big a novelty. That idea is, you're not sure how to treat something, you have a doubt, well, what's the, follow the majority. However, Ruba Kakula is saying, no, we view the, we view the minority as if it's not there. Ruba Kakula, the majority, as if it's done everything. Okay, there's subtle discussions in that, but important to bear in mind, what's the difference between these two concepts? We find, we find them throughout chess, but Holchin Acharov, follow the majority, or Ruba Kakula. I mean, the famous case where we always bring in majority is the ten shops, nine shell kosher meat and one shell uh, non-kosher meat, and you find a packet of meat in the floor, you take it, which one do you know, you follow which one is the majority. We're not saying that it's kosher, and we're not saying by the fact that they're non-kosher butcheries, it makes all the meat in the town kosher. It's not what we say. We're saying that you and your sophic can assume it's from the majority. Whereas Ruba Kakula would actually say, well, if most of the meat is kosher, it would make all the meat in the town kosher. You can see how they two, with that illustration, you can see how they have two very different principles. And the question would be when you apply each one. Did you want to say? Yeah. Well, even, I mean, we can discuss. Strictly speaking, they could both be 51, 49. 
There are certain times where we say, no, you've got to take into account if it's a reasonable uh, chance. If there's 10% chance, then you know you're not, you, don't, you don't want to take the chance against that. You know, if I told you, you can go do that, but there's 10% chance your business is going to fail, you're going to start weighing up, is it worth the risk? Yeah. Oh. So the meat you find, you can still say, Bossaruba. <laughs> We'd be much more scared. Yeah. So that's that's taken into into account the what's called mutamatsuya, reasonable minority. Again, uh, I think you can think on a, along the lines of a, um, it's of a, I don't know, even a business venture. You know, yeah, most likely it will work out. It's not necessarily enough for you to invest your time, effort, and money in it. But if it's uh, got a high percentage of working out, then. Uh, um, okay, so that is um, another int- an interesting question is the Sanhedrin. How does the Sanhedrin or a Beisdin work? Is that whole I mean, the Pasuk we learn out is Hulkin Basaruba, you go after the majority. I, um, ex, uh, 15 judges say he's guilty and 11 say he's innocent. We're going to follow the, follow the, the majority. But it's hard to say that that is relying on the principle of follow the majority as opposed to relying on the principle of ruba kakula. It's as if the whole Sanhedrin ruled guilty. Because you actually, if one of the judges weren't there, it would be an invalid Sanhedrin. Now if you can say ruba kakula, well, okay, so if he was here, we know what he would say. Or whatever he would say wouldn't affect it. It's... uh, it's, uh, what's it, 15 to 11, I mean, it was, no, 23, so it's uh, 16 to, uh, to 7. You know, if he's, whether he's there or not, he's not going to change the judgment. You still need a judgment of 20 uh, things, so there it sounds almost you need to have the whole Sanhedrin, and maybe there it's actually the principle of Ruba Kukula, it changes. Once the Beisdin has decided the Halacha, again, based on majority, it says, if every single judge ruled that way. Interesting thing to think of. Okay, let's carry on into the um, Gomorrah. It says, Matke Flora Biosi, Brebi Hanina, Biosi, Brebi Hanina challenged us. He says, Hi, Ben Nazir Tomeksev. But that postdoc is written by Nazir Tome. I this that we learn the double head shaving eye teaching us that he has to shave every single last hair. Again, I'm saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because if, they leaves, if he leaves over one hair, it's still a valid shaving. But this that he has to shave up to... Every single last hair, that's by a Nazir Tome, implying that a Nazir Tahor, when he comes to shave at the end of, at the conclusion of his Nazirus, he could just rely on Rav. Again, now the difficulty with this is that the Mishnah earlier on, which was also discussing a Nazir Tahor, implied that even the Nazir Tahor has to shave himself completely. So if you're going to tell me that normally we say Rubakakula, and Nazir is an exception, well, the exception does seem limited to a Nazir Tomei. So that doesn't make sense. He says, No, Matke Flora of Yosi, Berebi Chanina, Haibanoz, and says, No, Mokko Alaba Marova. They mocked him about this in the Marova. Mirti Nazir Tomei, Mirti Nazir Tomei, Betaar Minolon, lists that a Nazir Tomei has to shave with the razor. Where do we get that from? In Nazir Tohor. Yolif, we learn it out from a, to- from a Tohor Nazir. 
So Lysi Nazir Tov, Lelev Nazir Tov, my Matome Ki Shai Shaisha Oris Velo Klumov, and Hakanami Ki Shai Shaisha Oris Velo Klumu. So well then, once we learn from a Nazir Tahor to a Nazir Tome that he must use a razor, we see that there's a linkage between the, a link a connection between the two, we can learn the other way also. Just as the Nazir Tome, if he shaves every hair except two, it doesn't count as if he shaved, so too with the Nazir Tahor, if he shaves every hair except two, it's as if he doesn't shave. Just an interesting Tosos here, in, in Sanhedrin, we brought a list, you know, every once in a while the Gomorrah refers to sages by a generic term, it says, Nahardai. The people of Nahardai say. It's, it's referring to a specific sage. Here he says, Marova, that when it, um, the sages in Marova the West, Eretz Yisrael, mocked. So in Sanhedrin it goes through and it says, No, Mokolov Marova is always referring to Rebi Yoisi Berebi Chanina, which is quite interesting because here that doesn't necessarily fit in with Algamora because. It was Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Hanina who said the principle, and then Mokol of Marova, those in, in Marova mocked him. Just an interesting observation Tosas make here. Um, it says, Boy Abaye. Abaye asks, we're going to go through a few questions. So first, Abaye is, Nazi Shagilach Vashayash Teisha Oras. If a Nazi shaved all his hair except two, so remember that's an invalid shaving. Then his hair grew back. And now he shaved the original two hairs that he left over. Mahu, what's the aloha? Mima akfo, does it present, does it, with, is it invalid? I hasn't shaved or law, or is no problem? I, at the end of the day, since concluding his Nazirus term, he's shaved every single last hair. He just did it in two distinct stages. Or do we say, no, at the end of the day, when he originally shaved, he had two hairs left, so it's if he didn't shave. And now, a few weeks later, that he's come and shaved again, or, or the other hair's grown back, so there's still hair, so he hasn't shaved. Which one is it? And we don't answer that question. You go on to a new question. Boy. Sorry, just saw, just wanted to check if it's still recording. I saw someone try to call. Boy, Rav, a Nazi Shekilach. Rav asked, if you have a Nazi Rushev, and he has Shtei and he left over two hairs. Now remember, as we just as we pointed out a few times, leaving over two hairs, it's as if he hasn't shaved. The Gilach Achas. And then he shaves one of the hairs, the Nosra Achas, and one of the hairs fall out. Mahu, what's the Halacha? Again, we're asking from the aspect of he had to still shave because he left two hairs. However, he only shaved one of the hairs and the other one fell out. So from the aspect of fulfilling the obligation of shaving, he hasn't shaved because the minimum quantity to shave is two hairs. But on the other hand, he shaved the one hair and the other one's gone. There's nothing left to shave, so has he fulfilled? So Omalai Ravachami Divti Ravina Ravachami Divti said Ravina Gila Saora Saora Komi Boyle Rova. Is Rova troubled by the halocha if you shave one hair at the time? There is no halocha that you have to somehow get every last hair off the head in one shot. You can literally go and razor one hair at a time. And, you, and what happens when you come to the last one? Well, you've fulfilled your obligation. So that can't be Rover's case, because that would be very obvious that it's a good shaving. Again, he left two, sh- two hairs. Oh, he has to shave. He shaves off the one with the razor, and the other one then falls out. That's fine. 
he did a good shaving. Ella Ema Noshra Achat Vagileach Achat Mahu. The question would be if the one hair fell out and then he went and he shaved off the last hair. What do we say he had to shave? And now when he came to and now he can't because there's one hair left or um he he had to shave because there were two hair left two hairs left. Um so he still has the mitzvah to shave, and now that one's fallen out, he can't fulfill the mitzvah of shaving because he has to shave at least two hairs. Or do we say that, look, Le Mafreya turns out at the end of the day that there was a good shaving. He shaved every last hair, and uh, it turns out that the first shaving was actually effective because now there's only one hair left. There's Omale, he said to him, Giluach Ein Kan. Sar Ainkan. He says, well, he hasn't fulfilled shaving and there's no hair to shave. Oh, it sounds like it's impossible. You're right. He doesn't fulfill the mitzvah of shaving. It's impossible. He'd actually, I think, I don't know what he would do, but I think what he would have to do is let his hair regrow and then do a shaving. But either way, that's what it sounds like. He says, Ish Sar Ainkan. He says, well, if you're telling me there's no hair, well, then that means that he has done a good effect of shaving. So what does he mean? He says, no, Hachi Kamar. Even though there's no hair left, mitzvah There is no mitzvah of giluach. There's no, there's no way he can fulfill the mitzvah. So that is how we initially understood it. He just expressed it clearer. Again, that it turns out if the nozzle comes, leaves two hairs, so he still has the mitzvah to shave, and then one of the hair falls out. No, he can't fulfill the obligation of shaving because obligation of shaving is only on two, on a minimum of two hairs. So he's stuck. Like I said, I don't know exactly what he'd do. I think maybe he'd have to let his hair grow again and redo the whole shaving procedure. Okay. Have a good day. Have a good Purim. And we'll have shoot tomorrow after the early minute. Yeah. So it's, again, it seems like then he can't do the mitzvah of Gilua. Uh, I was wondering what happens if you have a Nozeru, I don't know, has a condition or something that doesn't have any hair. Um, not sure. I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's like us. A Nozeru can never bring his carbonus. Just can't end it. No. But, uh, so we touched on it a little bit. I think it comes up a, a more later on. At what point is the Nazi released from his obligations of the Nazi? Remember, we saw, we saw a few opinions. One opinion was any one of the Korbanos. One opinion was all of the Korbanos. I don't remember one was, you know, I don't remember the details, but, but something like that. Okay, Manis in the next Mishnah. Nazi Khoifei from a fast So Nazi is allowed to shampoo and uh, what's it, uh, move his hands through his hair. Separate his hair with his hands. I'm a lost sorek, but he's not allowed to comb his hair. What's the concern? Wow. Yeah. Again, as soon as, interesting enough, it seems, how much would the nausea have to remove to be chayev? And I guess this, well, so it would probably be too, well, we saw, we said any amount earlier. You're right. We did say any amount, but I think, I think it would mean two hairs because anything less is not a, Shaving, but I'm not sure. We have to check that out. And then, I mean, once we ask in that question, you can ask the same thing to transgress putting a raise on your face. Do you have to remove a majority of your beard? Is it two hairs? At what point do you think? 
and even more, and I think even more practical and pertinent to us is the 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 hair around our temple, our payers that you're not allowed to round off, because a lot of the hairstyles you want to keep a thin a thin side burn. I think that would be the word for it. Um, so you are removing completely hairs by your temple. So are you liable as soon as you remove two hairs? Or maybe as long as you leave two hairs, you can say, look, my sideburns, my, my payers are there. I've got two hairs. Maybe you know, it's, I don't know what the halacha is. I was just thinking about that as I was going through the sugya. I think Tosas might touch on one of it, but that's interesting. Okay, but back to Anazir, can't comb or move, or move his hands through his hair. He can't, he can't comb because he comes from... Yeah. He can shampoo and stuff. Now the concern is, you know, a few hairs might come out when he's shampooing. So he says, now, who's the opinion that he is allowed to shampoo and uh, move his hands through his hair? Rabbi Shimoni, and he's coming, Mutar, it's Rabbi Shimoni, who says something that's not intended is permitted. But then you say that we can't comb. But that seems to be the Rabbonin, which seems to be Rabbi Huda's opinion. Rabbi Huda argues on Rabbi Shimon and says that Dovah Sha'enam is coming is Osur. If you're going to do an act that might result in something that is Osur, and the Osur does result, you transgress. So you wouldn't be, you shouldn't be allowed to comb. So which one is it? Are you allowed to shampoo and move your hands through the head, which you might come to transgress? Ainum is kavain is fine. That's not your intent. Your intent is to clean. I mean, you, you don't want to, you don't want your long nausea hair to turn into uh, dreadlocks. Um, so there, or are we saying that you can't use a comb? Ainum is kavain is also. So Omar Rabba Kula Rabbi Shimoni Kola Soirek Lahasi Nimin Midul Dalim is kavain. Says Rabba says it is all Rabbi Shimon, and when someone combs, part of the intention is to remove the. And Medudali means dangling, not not that they're already removed, but they're falling out, almost uh, almost falling off. Is his intent? I so it seems like it's not Dover Shainomiskaven. It is something that is miskaven. Let's quickly do the Mishnah and then we'll discuss Ainomiskaven a bit more, because there's a different way. Rabbi Shmuel, Omer You're not allowed to use this earth as shampoo because it removes the hair. On the surface, Rabbi Shmuel agrees with Rabbi Shimon that Ainam is coming is mutar, but this is what we would call a psik reisha. Don't know if you remember, we, it comes up. If you have an action that will definitely result, you can't claim Ainam is coming, that's not my intent. Remember the example of Bashabas, we brought three examples. The one I always remember is dragging a bench. If it's not such a heavy bench, it might leave a furrow for you to plant your tomatoes in, then it's if it's definitely going to leave a furrow, then it's a psikresha and asur. And so, say two of the words. Now, the Gemara just asks, interesting, are we saying that it's the earth that removes the hair? Or are we saying the problem is you might use the type of earth that does remove hair? I, is it all earth removes hair? Or is it that it's exaira because you might use the wrong earth? So he says, You know what difference does it make? At the end of the day, you're not allowed to shampoo with any earth. He says, No, no there might be earth that you can be confident or you know won't cause the hair to, to pull out the hair. He says, If you know 
that it won't make the hair out, you can use it. But if you say it's because of Hamasheres, you're not allowed to do it at all. Taiku, and we leave it unresolved. Okay, so either way, you wouldn't be allowed to, if you had to go strict in this halacha, you would not be allowed to use any earth in your shampoo. I imagine our shampoos are much softer and not uh, not like a mud bath. But when you go to the Dead Sea, you may be, and as a nozzle, you may be, be careful there. Um, you say, what's it called? The exfoliating thing. I don't know if it makes any hair come out. Does it? I don't know. Ask, we'll ask the dermatologist. Um, I just wanted to mention a point on Anamis Kavin. So, yeah, it's not so clear. Some even seem to learn the first mission as the Machloikes of Psikresha, uh, using the combs of Psikresha. That's an important halacha legabe Shabbos. You're not supposed to use, I mean, hair like mine or yours, I don't know how much, or especially mine. But a problem, I don't know if there's such a problem using a comb. But for women or girls or people with thicker hair, you're not allowed to use a comb. Because it's a psik, we can say it's a psik ratio, it's very likely that it will pull out hair. However, you can theoretically use a loose comb or a loose brush. Some still have a problem, like Rav Ovadia Yosef says, you know, it's uvde de chol. So therefore, some people have a special Shabbos brush. Don't know how, uh, again, those are just interesting things that come up with hair, with combing. Another one is this concept of Ainu Miskavit. Very interestingly, we, we all often, often discuss it in regards to Shabbos, but actually it applies to the whole Torah. There, there's certain, there's what's called on Shabbos, we know from the Mishnah, the Torah came along and forbade thought out and substantial actions, which means if it's not thought out, you're exempt. And we come along and we say Ainu Miskavit is one of those. I, it has to be thought out. If you're going to do an action that might not result in an issue, or it might result in an issue, it's fine because that's not thought out. That's not planned. However, interesting, enemies come and applies to the whole Torah. As we see, you can show a Nazir is not allowed to have his hair um, fall, uh, take his hair out, but he's allowed to shampoo because his intent is to clean his hair, not to pull out his hair. Enemies come. And it applies all over the show. So just a very interesting distinction between Einomiskaven by, let's call it Kola Torah Kula, and Einomiskaven by Shabbos. We found, there's a discussion, I think it's Rabbah, I don't remember who it is, who said he wouldn't even let his, he wouldn't take a splinter out his father. In case he draws blood. Obviously, anyway, theoretically, that would be allowed. But if he draw, draws a drop more blood than was necessary, or the incision he needs to make to take out the thing, and he does it a drop more, that's a problem. Oh, Einomiskaven. Why don't we say Einomiskaven? That's not his tent. Search for a son to act as a surgeon on his father, Einomiskaven. Why is it? So why should he worry at all? He says, no. Because by Einomiskaven, by the rest of the Torah, we are stricter to the degree that. Uh, um, that if it's something that is high of misa, that is very severe, we don't do it. We don't rely on Einam So Nozi, we would say, yeah, if Nozi would be high misa for pulling out his hair, we wouldn't rely on Einam We wouldn't rely on Rabbi Shimon. I don't know if, I don't know if the halacha is, we, Rabbi Shimon wouldn't say his halacha, there's no Einam or we would go strict and not rely on, rely on Einam um, But, but that's Einam um, by Shabbos, it's more lenient. You know, Shabbos is a Isus Gila, it's Chamisa. 
But because by Shabbos it is Melechis, by Shabbos Osir Torah, Eino Miskavim is even more lenient. So interesting, even though we're applying the exact same concept or the exact same name, Eino Miskavim, by Shabbos is more lenient because of the, again, we would, we, because of the Melechis, by Shabbos Osir Torah factor. So it's this, and it's this, it's the same me- mechanism at play, just by Shabbos it has a different nature and it's actually more lenient than the rest of the Torah. Um, something very, I thought that was quite interesting to um, to be aware of. Yeah, so generally sometimes you would think, but again, Shabbos in certain aspects is more lenient because the Torah specifically forbids Melechus Bang Shabbos. So Shabbos in those areas is halach. In other areas we're much stricter on Shabbos because it's a Isus Gila and stuff. But in regards to when you hire, what's considered some seem, you can, or some seem to be unique to Shabbos. What about a Shinoi? Also, a Shinoi. A strange way of doing the action. So he combs his hair with his left hand instead of his right hand. I, mean, I don't know if that's considered a Shinoi, but he, he, uh, he uses uh, pliers to pull out his hair. That's doing it with a Shinoi. So is he Potter or is Shinoi only because of Sha- only by Shabbos because of Melechaz Shabbos? So you actually have to ask that question which each and every one of those but it does have slightly, but Enum is definitely applies by the rest of the Torah, definitely applies by Shabbos, again, as a leniency, but as we've seen by Shabbos, it's even more lenient. It applies even though it's the Chiyomisa, which we would not necessarily apply by the rest of the Torah. Okay, that's one idea on that. Let's carry on to the new mission. Nozir who drinks wine the whole day, he is only liable to one set of lashes. Omrullah al Tishta al Tishta if they give him multiple warnings, you don't drink, don't drink, for who shoise, and after the different warnings he does drink. He's liable for each and every one. Now there are two ways the Mishnah then basically repeats itself for each of the Isurim. Which Tome will see why it repeats. I'm not sure why it repeats it by shaving, but it says, If he is shaving slowly the whole day, he's only liable to one set of chattas. If they tell him, don't shave, don't shave, and he does shave, he's liable for each one. If he is becoming Tome for Mason the whole day, he's only liable to one set of lashes. If they say, don't become Tomei, don't become Tomei, and after different warnings he becomes Tomei again and again, he's liable to each and every one. Firstly, which is going to come up in the Gomorrah on this last one, very interestingly, even though he's Tomei Mace, he's still not allowed to become Tomei Mace again. Which is very similar to what we say about Kohanim, because we don't know, Kohanim are Tomei Mace. And they're not allowed to become Tomei Mace, but we still don't allow them to go into the cemetery again or become in contact with the Mace. Um, just back to, just interesting, there seems to be two main ways of learning the, the thing here. So first we're discussing hasra. To, for someone to get lashes, they have to be warned. You have to tell them, don't do the avera, because you, and if you do, you will get the punishment of, so here, you will get the punishment of lashes. One way of learning this is that um, if he has one warning, no matter how many acts he does after that one warning, it only counts as one warning and it only gets one set of lashes. So if you tell him, don't 
Oh, sorry, if it's one action, if it's one action, you say, don't drink wine. And he slowly sips a glass of wine over a few hours. It's only one. But if it's multiple actions, then the don't drink, the, the warnings, it can pile up. That's the one way of learning, not as clear. The other way of learning that I thought was a little bit easier is that there's a concept that hasra has to be tokkadei dibur. But it has to be right before the action. So that the person can't claim, oh, I know you told me, but I forgot. So, so, so the Nazi pours a cup of wine, and you tell him, don't, yeah. But, yeah, so you tell him, don't drink that wine. Now what happens? If he puts it down, and then a minute later picks it up and drink, he says, oh, sorry, I forgot. So then he can't get lashes. However, so therefore it has to be top of the And that's what he's saying. If he gets one warning, he's only liable on that drinking that's connected right to the warning. I was trying to think, is it that he starts, remember it's a kazais he has to have. So is it that he starts drinking and in one shear of drinking, I don't know, shtiyas reviews or whatever, how, how do you measure exactly what happens if he's sipping very slowly but constantly? So it takes him half an hour to get through the kazais. That's what I'm saying. Like there must be, as long as he is, are you going to say as long as he started with in Tokaradevur, he would be liable, or is that time frame? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is with the time and the thing. Whereas each warning before would make him chayv. I was just thinking, interestingly enough, remember we saw earlier in this in the Masechta, if someone did kriya thinking about one relative, and then straight after the kriya they told. It was a different relative. He's Yoitsei the Kriya because Tokadadibu makes it one action. <laughs> so I was thinking, what if he gulps down a Kazais of wine? And then Tokadadibu, you tell him, you know, if you drink wine, you hire Malkus. <laughs> we definitely wouldn't. We wouldn't say that it's one act, one time frame, and you would be higher. But I thought that was quite interesting to contrast with that Sugi over there. Um, then another question that I had on, just a, you know, just a side question I had. Um, yeah. Okay, let's carry on. So that's the Nazir and that's these cases. Now the Gemara says, Itmar taught in the name of Rav Huna. The Torah is very comprehensive when it says, Loyitame is not allowed to become Tome. That implies in any way. We know that there are a few multiple ways to become Tome from a mace. One is to touch it, one is to to be in the same room, that's ohel, or to carry it even without touching it. So let's say you're in a field and you've got, a, you've got a poles that don't transmit tumor, so you pick it up with the pole, you know, something like that. You, wouldn't, you would still become tome because you're carrying it, even though you're not touching it and even though you're not in the same ohel. So that's uh, three ways you can become tome. And the Torah is very thorough. It says, lo yitame. It says, kashu oime loyofos. And then why does it repeat itself and say he's not allowed to go into the house, he's not allowed to become tome through ohel? It says, to say that it's two separate negative commandments, one's to become Tome, and one's to become Tome through Ohel. But if he becomes Tome multiple times, he would not be higher for a second Israel. So, right. so if a Nazi goes into the cemetery, and he goes near a grave, and he becomes Tome, he, does, he walks over a grave, and he becomes Tome, he's higher. And then he goes into the Ohel where they're having a eulogy and he becomes Tomei there. He's high of a second set of lashes. However, if he would walk from, uh, with warning in between, or however you meet that criteria of two sets, or what happens if he walks from the one, what did he do? Oh, he, he went and touched one corpse and then he walked 
a few meters away and touched another corpse, you would not be chayav too because he's red top. That's what he seems to say. Aval tumo tumo lo yof. From one tumo to the next, he would not be chayav. But Rav Yosef Omer Elokim. What he says? By God. Omer Rav Huna. Rav Huna himself said, Afilu tumo tumo. Even if he's tome and tome. Even if he becomes tome multiple times from different corpses, he's liable to separate ones. Why do Omer Rav Huna not show you? Omer Bevesak Boris. Why should lo meis? If you have a Nazu standing in the cemetery, so he is Tomei. And he, they hand him a mace, so he stretches out and he touches a mace. His mace, his relative or another mace, if he's liable. So he's liable to do. There's Amai, Hometame, Vakoim, he's already Tomei. We see that Rav Huna holds his liable for becoming Tomei multiple. Not like Rabbi said in the name of Rav Huna that it's only, the only time you can get two lashes for being Tomei is becoming Tomei and then going into a Ahel. He seemed to be saying anyway. Here it's Veloya Khalel. So Abaya says if he had if you had a Kohen, remember Kohen and Anazir have the same issue that they're not allowed to become Tommy Mace. Um, so a Kohen has a mace on his shoulders and he reaches out and he touches his mace or another mace. You might think he's Chayev. Well the Torah says Loya Khalel, don't make him. It's specifically someone who has not yet become desecrated, excluding someone who's already desecrated. So this Kohen does not become liable to a second set of lashes for touching the second corpse. But wait, our Mishnah is very difficult. The plan is our Mishnah said, Our Mishnah very explicitly said that if, he's, if he touches Mason the whole day after one warning, he's only liable to one set of liable to one's liable. He's only liable or liable to one set of lashes. But if he says, if they warn him between each mace he touches, he'd be liable to a separate set of lashes. Again, very clearly, but he's already Tome. So we're really struggling here to tie it all together. We seem to have sources, prices, and missionaries contradicting, and Amoraim contradicting each other. Can you become Tome after becoming Tome? Yeah. So El Kasha Dadi, the Mishnah and the Brice are difficult. Says no, Lo Kasha Kan Bechiburin Kan Shel Loi Bechiburin. He says no, we're discussing tumor through an extra layer of contact and tumor through not through a layer of contact. What does that mean? If he's still holding the first corpse. When he touches the second corpse, he does not become more Tomei. There is no more Tomei you can become than, hold, well, than touching a corpse. But if he touched a corpse and then left it and went and touched another corpse, he can become Tomei again. Let's read a few Alana ahead and then we'll see more about this Tumor Bechiburin. But Tumor Bechiburin Doraisa, this concept that Tumor you're saying that it's Doraisa. Uh, this, that someone actually touching a corpse is a higher level of tumor than someone who touched a corpse a few minutes ago. 
you're telling me that that's the rice again because we're discussing lashes and we said the price says there's no lashes and the mission says there is lashes must be we're discussing a kochim. they only said someone becomes tome through chiburim for truma and kochim oh, he has to keep seven days of tuma before he can eat truma or kochim but for a nozir he does not have to wait an additional seven days if it's not if it's through Chiburim, or someone who wants to offer the Kohen Pesach again doesn't have to wait seven days. So if you want to tell me that it, that this concept of Chiburim is the Oraisa, then what difference does it make whether it's Trumakochim or Pesach Anozim? Sorry, let me go back a step and explain where this price is coming from. The, the law of the, one of the main ramifications of someone actually touching a corpse is if he touches a second person. So if you have Ruvain holding on to a, co- a corpse, and then he leaves go, and he touches Shimon, what's the halacha with Shimon? So will Ruvain's a Av, and Shimon's a Rishon. So he, so he actually goes to Mikvah then and there, and that night is Tahar. However, if Shimon is, if Ruvain is holding on to the corpse, while he touches Shimon, then Shimon's Tomei for seven days. That's the law of Chiburin. That's actually one of the... That's where we see that Chiburin is stricter. Because again, if he's, hold, if he's actually touching the corpse and he touches the second person, he's like a live wire. The tumor goes straight through to the next person and he's Tomei seven. That's what we say, is the horizon. Yeah. Seems he becomes Av. Now what? We say... Um, I don't know. Sounds sounds very much if you're going to take that, say that it is Doraisa, it's an us. And therefore, Shimon, so that's the case. So the Mishnah, which says he can become Tomei multiple times, is from actually touching a corpse. But if he's holding onto a corpse and he touches another corpse, we won't say that because the, he's, he's, he's the maximum tumor he can be while touching a corpse. But now we say, can that be Doraisa? This way. It says that, again, this Tumah B'chiburin, so we're assuming Shimon touches Ruvain, who's holding on to a corpse. What? He's Tomei for seven days. I has to go through. Now, we said he's Tomei for seven days. He can't eat Shuma, and he can't eat Kodshim. But he's not Tomei for seven days. I that if he's a Nazir, he won't have to restart his Nazirus, and he doesn't have to bring his Korbanos. He's a Rishon. He's Shimon who touched Ruvain. Ruvain was the one holding the corpse. And similarly for the Korban Pesach. If it's one day or a few days before Pesach, we don't say, oh, we'll wait seven days. Now, if you say it's Rabbon, it makes a lot of sense because if he's a Nazir, you're going to make him bring Korbanos, which is not really liable. So Chazal aren't going to institute this Tumah B'chiburim. Or Korban Pesach, if he doesn't bring the Korban Pesach, he's Chayv Kores, very, very severe. You're right, there's a mitzvah to eat Trumah and Kodshim. He's not Chayv if he doesn't eat them. So, so if you learn it as Drabonin, it makes sense to make this distinction. But again, but we wanted to say that it's Doraisa. That's how we distinguish between the Mishnah and Brisa that contradicted, can someone become more Tomei? So we said, yes, if he touches and then touches. 
But if he's holding on and he touches another corpse, he can't become mortal. But again, that's implying to Araisa, whereas we see clearly it seems to be only Durabonim. So Moses says, no, Kan v'chiburei Oram ba'Oram, Kan v'chiburei Oram ba'Meis. He says, no, here he's where he's touching a person who's touching a person, and here's where he is touching a person who's touching a mace. So we're adding in an extra layer. We're now discussing Levi. If Levi touches Shimon, who's touching Ruvain, who's touching a mace, that's only Midrabonon, that is Tomei for seven days, in the context we saw. But if Levi would go and touch Ruvain, who's touching the mace, then Doraisa, he is Tomei. So then the Gemara says, um, we're going back to Rabbi at the top of the page who said that there are two lavim first if he becomes Tomei and then if he goes into the so, so that seems to be the end of the discussion up to here I mean it still follows but that's the point up to there so Aval Tumu Tumalo you're telling me he can't become Tomei one after Rabbi you said he can't become one Tomei after the next which yeah it says Lo Doho Mitma Bakoim because he's already Tomei well then by the same logic if he's already Tome and he goes into an Ohel or he steps over a mace he's Ohel he's already Tome so how can you say that there's a distinction you rather want to say where he touches a corpse and then touches a corpse he's already there's no new tumor. he's not liable for a second set of lashes but if he would touch a corpse and then go into Ohel he would be but the same logic applies why he shouldn't be liable again because he's Already Tomei. So Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kan Bebayis, Kan Besodeh. Here's in a house, and here's in a field. What does it mean? In the house, he's... Let me just check that again. Oh, no. So, so, so how, how, how the, the commentary is explaining here is, he enters the house... He becomes Tome simultaneously twice for touching the mace and being in the house. So it's simultaneous. There he's liable to, to the two separate issues. But in the field where he comes into two corpses, it's one after the other. So he won't be liable to multiple sets of lashes. So it seems it's one or the other. You can either become Tome through Ohel or another means, any means, and you'd be liable. But Rabbah came and taught us a Chirush that if he becomes Tomei through touching an Ohel, at, well, through Ohel, which is now becoming Tomei and becoming Tomei through Ohel, it be liable to two sets of lashes. Interesting. We'll continue on with this discussion in tomorrow's day.